BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And away we go here on this Wednesday morning. Good day to you all. Good day to you all. Last day of January, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are almost in February, which is trade deadline and all-star game month. Meaning we get the highest of the highs for fantasy rolling through the trade deadline crazy our five-hour morning show we'll have moves we'll have blockbuster deals maybe and then at some point slightly later in the month we just get a week off which is a bit of a downer honestly I feel like I want the week off but then I ultimately don't want the week off because it's harder to find content podcast wise and I just want to work I like I love working on my teams. I like picking up and dropping dudes. I like setting lineups. That's fun. You get to the end of the regular season, and I don't know, maybe you guys feel completely differently about this. I have like a week, or I deep sort of deep breath, like, ah, oh, okay, we made it. And then by, I swear, by the end of April, or sometimes even earlier, I'm ready for the next draft season. I don't need a long break. Certainly don't need a break as long as the actual season. So what I want you guys to do to start today's show is to appreciate the fact that it's about to be February. It's the last day of January. We still have fantasy basketball. We got some time left on it. But let's just enjoy it for a moment. Those of you with Joel Embiid on your rosters might find this morning harder to enjoy, however, because... He played through a knee injury, and it wasn't looking good. And then on top of that, he got rolled up on by Jonathan Kaminga. And we don't have a report on Embiid yet. He's set to get an MRI today. I don't think anybody's expecting anything great to come out of it. I think the best-case scenario for Embiid right now is like, oh, you know, re-aggravation. He's just going to be out indefinitely, and hopefully it's not too long. And then there's also, you know, possible, you know, poorer-case scenarios But from a fantasy standpoint, we cannot wallow in the misery of it all, which, believe me, is is quite crummy because this is the number one, number two guy in fantasy basketball, and he's been dinged up lately. His knee's been not good basically this month. 
He's had some insane, insane ball games, and then he's also now kind of on the other side of that. And Embiid is only at 34 games this year. That was one of the big fears taking him at the top of the board. It is unfortunately come to fruition. But that means that you got to act on it. This is a you can act on it moment. And we don't have those every single moment of every ball game. Sometimes we have a 10 game card and there isn't one act on it moment. Yesterday we had a five game card and we had multiple act on it moments. This one being the big one. Joel Embiid hurt to some degree. We don't know what yet, but you absolutely positively, and I put it out on social media last night, and just, you know, another reason for you guys to be following me at Dan Bespers over on social. Paul Reed was a pickup the moment Embiid walked off the court before the ball game ended. The moment he walked off the court before the ball game ended because we have no idea how long he's going to be out. It might be one game. It might be a week. It might be through the deadline. It might be through the all-star break. We don't know. And then people are like, oh, Paul Reedy hasn't actually been all that good when Embiid is out. Well, that depends. If the only thing you care about is points, then yeah, he hasn't been that impressive in the games Embiid missed. But by and large, in the games Embiid's been out and Reed's played, you know, 24, 25 minutes with a couple of bigger ones blended in there, he's typically getting you about eight to nine points. I know, not a celebratory moment for him, but multiple blocks, multiple steals, potential. Let's play the Paul Reed game. Let's look and, I mean, without doing the, like, double-checking ourselves thing here, how many games has Paul Reed played 20 minutes this year. Let's set the cutoff super freaking low. November 22nd, 26 minutes in Minnesota, 10 points, 9 boards, 2 steals, 4 blocks. November 29th in New Orleans, 26 and a half minutes, 9, 4, and 5 with a steal. Okay, not as impressive. Following day, 21 and a half minutes, 14, 4, and 1 with a block on 6 out of 7 shooting. Not to be overlooked, the field goal percent does matter. 32 minutes on December 27th, he had 15 and 10 with a steal, three blocks, three assists, six out of 11 shooting, and a three-pointer. Next day, 7-2 and 4 with a steal on three out of five shooting. Eh, 24 minutes, that one. 28 minutes. Uh, last game of 2023, 11-7 and 3, four steals on a block. January 6th, 25 minutes, 16-6 and 1. 25 minutes on January 12th, 8-8-2 eight, eight and two with two steals and three blocks. I could go on, and I will. 42 minutes, four days ago. 30-13 and 13 with two steals. And in the last game, before Embiid tried to come back and play in this one in Golden State, 24 minutes, 11-6-3 with a steal and two blocks. I get it. The scoring is not that impressive other than the 30-point mega burst four days ago. But how many steals and how many blocks was I talking about there? That's a pretty goodly number. And if you look at his season stats for Reed, in 16 minutes a game, he's at 56% from the field, 6 and 5 of the numbers, and 0.7 of both steals and blocks. We're talking about adding 50%. So now you're talking about a guy who likely gets you over a steal and over a block per ball game, which is rad, on 56% shooting, a volume that probably goes from 5 shots a game to about 7.5 shots per game. He doesn't take many free throws, and he's not that awful there even when he gets there. You're talking about going from five to seven and a half rebounds, nine points. Okay, fine. I get it. The points are not that exciting. But the other stuff is pretty good. 
Is Paul Reed about to be a top 50 guy? Probably not, because the Sixers are going to play Marcus Morris Sr. at center at times. They'll go smaller. Uh, they'll rotate bodies. They've got, what, Mo Bamba also floating around. So it's not a guarantee that he's going to go out there and get 25 minutes every ball game. But I think he can average close to 23 to 25 range while Embiid is out. And that puts him very much inside the top 100. That's a guy that needs to be rostered in, I believe, all formats. You guys can disagree with me if you're hunting scoring, and that's the only category that matters to you, but it shouldn't be. You should care about the other ones as well. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, other pieces of news that broke this morning, because that was last night, um, and a, a little bit just popped up in like the last 30 seconds, but not quite as relevant. Uh, Jared Allen downgraded to questionable with an illness. Mike Conley remains questionable due to a hamstring injury. Ben Simmons downgraded to questionable uh, after his uh, strong return. Now it's his knee instead of his back. So if you had the under on five games for him. Uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Lou Dort, who are each questionable, did participate in Thunder shoot-arounds. That's good for them. Paul George, questionable with a groin. This is sort of the Paul George experience. He's been generally pretty good this year. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton expecting to play in all of the uh, Pacers games going forward, but on some kind of minutes count. That's the news of the morning. Now I can officially welcome you to the show. What's up, everybody? It's Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Vesperus at Dan Vesperus over on social media. This is, of course, a SportsEthos.com presentation. Please uh, do take a moment to go find our trade deadline live show and throw a thumbs up on that. It's at 618 pre-thumbs up, and we've still got eight days to go before the deadline. I did not think we were going to get to 500. We're now over 600, and I'm starting to think maybe we could even get to like 750 before the damn thing even starts. 
Whatever you guys can do to help with that, whether it's doing it yourself or retweeting something that I put out on social media, all of that is extremely important as we grow the website, as we grow our YouTube, as we grow our trade deadline live coverage. Uh, so I am grateful, obviously, in advance. And uh, again, find me over on social media at Dan Vespers. Like, rate, subscribe, however you take it in the podcast. Let's talk yesterday's boxes. Utah has fallen off a cliff. They went on a extremely hot run, and now you're seeing sort of the the other side of that because, look, at the end of the day, the Jazz are an okay team, but they were never as good as they looked when they were hot, and they're not as bad as they look when they're cold. They are a much better team at home than they are on the road, so that does play a role, and the Knicks are also a pretty good basketball team, but the Knicks are down OG Ananobi and Julius Randle right now, so this one, you felt like maybe Utah had a better shot, Still, look what look what we're seeing happen. Colin Sexton, still good. Larry Marketing, he's had a couple of slower games lately, but you're not it's not like you're worried about him. He's number eleven in nine cat still, even with a slight slowdown here. It's everything else that's going on. Jordan Clarkson has hit a very slow patch, which I mean, how many times did we say that on the show? Walker Kessler continues to block a truckload of shots in limited minutes, which is making him kind of an annoying player to roster this year, but definitely one that needs to be on rosters. John Collins has been on a little bit of an upward trajectory lately, but sits right on the cusp on the year of being an everyday guy versus a sometimes guy. Keontae George, I don't see his job changing very much. Same thing for Chris Dunn. And this is why I, for the last month, when they were hot, when they were cold, my assessment of the Jazz remains the same. Clarkson is a sell-while-hot guy. Markinen, Sexton, and Kessler are guys you can play every day. And then the other dudes, you're looking for opportunities. John Collins has been warm lately, so that's probably an opportunity to play him. Chris Dunn had a little stretch where he was playing in the low 20s in minutes. That was enough, but, you know, 17 is not. The Jazz remain only as confusing as you're willing to allow them to be. Meaning, if you really want to, like, dumpster dive, have at it. But it's much easier to just play the three guys that are good every day. Or good enough every day. For the Knicks, who needs Randall? Who needs OG Ananobi when you have Dante DiVincenzo, who hit nine three-pointers in yesterday's ballgame? This dude is on a ridiculous tear right now. And it's coming at a good time because he had slowed a lot prior to Randall and Ananobi going down. He has 14 three-pointers and 61 points in his last two ball games. They've got Indiana tomorrow. Super poor defensive team. The Lakers two days after that, another super crappy defensive team. This is a really nice stretch. And Dante could continue to go completely insane for a bunch of it. His issues stem from percentages. Whatever issues he may have. He's a negative in free field goal and free throw percent, which means he needs to have good volume to be a fantasy asset, which he very much is right now and remains a strong hold. Josh Hart. Stronghold, triple-double here in this one. 10-10-10. Yahtzee. Two steals, two blocks as well. Would have been nice if he got two three-pointers, so it would have been like almost like a true Yahtzee. Three tens, three twos. I don't know, it's not really how the dice game works, but sort of close enough for our situation. And then, you know, Tom Thibodeau going full Tibbs here and basically playing a six-person rotation. Like almost just a five-person rotation. Let's be honest. Because Hart played 43 minutes. Presley Chichua 
Precious Achua played 40. DiVincenzo, 39. Brunson, 38. Somehow he was the guy who got the rest here. And then Hartenstein, who's on a minutes count, got 29. I know. This is... I mean, the wheels are going to come off at some point. You can't play the guys this much every single ball game, or they're or they're going to fall on their faces. You just you don't really know with NBAers how long before it takes its toll. So hard as I mean, basically at this point, you're starting the starters, and the only one that requires an explanation is Precious Achua because I did very much come on this podcast and say I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And then OG Ananobi got ruled out as well. And so all of a sudden, it's like, okay, look, I don't like Precious's fantasy game at all, really. He's an okay field goal percent guy who typically gets his value from rebounds and steals, which, amazingly, he didn't really get many of either of those in this ballgame. He blocked two shots. I wouldn't expect that to continue in most scenarios. He had 18 points. I don't think I'd expect that to continue in most scenarios. But it's very hard to play 40 minutes and not post fantasy value. And so with that explanation, I think you can also play Precious. I don't know if he gets 40 minutes when OG Ananobi comes back. That's a question that is still hanging over me. Uh, OG is certainly much closer than Julius Randle. So... You know, unless we get early word that OG's out tomorrow... Today, I think I would wait on doing any kind of precious thing. Precious? Uh, sorry, it's hard not to talk about Achua a lot without slipping into Gollum. Gollum. Should I start doing voices on the show? That feels like a really bad idea. That feels like a great way to lose half the listeners of the podcast. Goodbye, half the listeners, as Dan slips into my precious... So I'm okay with uh, streaming Achua while both Randall and OG are out. I'm not yet sold on streaming Precious when OG comes back. Lakers continue to be absolute dog do without Anthony Davis, who, to AD's credit, dude has played in freaking 46 games this year. Uh, he's missed three, and the Lakers have been whomped in all three of them. Non-competitive. In all three. And the really sad part here is that the Hawks don't guard anyone. So, like, the Lakers shot 53% in this game and lost by 16 because they also cannot guard anyone. The uh, the ending numbers on this, I think, belied a little bit of all the things the Lakers did wrong. They were being dramatically out-rebounded. They were being dramatically outshot from three until very late in the ballgame. That changed when the game was pretty much already out of hand. There was a stretch where the Lakers were like one out of 12 from three-point land. Trey Young hit all six of his three-pointers to start. I don't remember if he missed one down the stretch. I turned the game off with like five or six minutes left because it was pretty clear what was happening. Um, and it's, it's you know, same bleep, different day kind of thing for the Lakers uh, because they don't guard the three-point line very well. They... Um, are doing everything in my eyes backwards. And I get it. Like, you don't want to force everyone into Anthony Davis because that risks putting him in foul trouble. But also, he's like the one guy in Vanderbilt on your team that can actually guard somebody. So instead, they're protecting Anthony Davis and just giving up wide open threes on every play. And so then when AD's not there, 
teams have they have nothing to fear. They got wide open threes and they got nothing no contest at the rim. It's gross, man. I, I have no idea how the Lakers haven't made some kind of change in coaching at this point. Like we're we're dealing at the brink of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. As far as fantasy stuff goes, I don't know why I'm scrolling around here, so apologies to those that are watching the video as the the box scores are just rolling back and forth because Dan's uh, mouse roly finger was feeling itchy. Jackson Hayes got the start. Uh, Christian Wood tweeted LOL and then claimed he had messed up a quote tweet, which I don't think anybody in their right mind believed. He felt like he deserved the start. He still only got 22 minutes off the bench. I didn't suggest either of them as a stream because uh, I didn't trust either of them as a stream. I said Rui Hachimura would be a more interesting one, and he was. Missed his two free throws, or it actually could have been a pretty good stream for Rui. This is only with Anthony Davis out. Uh, Otherwise, things were kind of as you'd expect. D'Lo cooled off, but he'll be fine. LeBron had an awful free throw shooting game. He'll be fine. Reeves was better than the other guys, but didn't get a single rebound in 32 minutes on the court, which is kind of unacceptable for a bad rebounding team. you got to go get one. Uh, And I like Jared Vanderbilt these days. He played 26 minutes, probably should have been more, but he went 6 of 6. His finishing around the rim is getting better as he's getting his legs underneath him. He's still got his two steals. So uh, there are five Lakers I like right now, and neither one of them is a backup center for this team. No Jackson Hayes, sorry. No Christian Wood, sorry. It's uh, D'Lo, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Reeves, and then Vando is the fifth one. The Hawks are going to pose some questions here in the next eight days, and a lot can change with them. So it makes a, it makes them, frankly, kind of a hard team to talk about and handicap today uh, because we only really know that Jalen Johnson is going to keep destroying people as long as he's healthy. Uh, he's number 38, just outside the third round. Crazy. What an awesome year he's having. Uh, Anyeko Kongu seems very unlikely to be moved. Trey Young seems very unlikely to be moved. And then everybody else is kind of like, I don't know, maybe. We know DeJounte Murray's on the block. Atlanta might opt to just hold on to him if they don't feel like they're getting enough in return. But if he really is blowing up the locker room the way reports are suggesting, I don't know how they do that. Sadiq Bey seems a candidate to be traded if a team wants a guy who's normally pretty good at the corner three that, for whatever reason, hasn't really been able to hit him this year. Clint Capella. Could be very interesting for a contender, because the Hawks can't delude themselves into thinking they're a contender, can they? And then even Bogdan Bogdanovich. I don't know how easy any of these guys is to move. I haven't dug into the ramifications of each and every player's contract. But I bring all these names up because if DeJounte Murray and someone else get moved, you got a lot of stuff left over. Even if it's just Murray getting moved, then Sadiq Bey continues to somehow be a fill-in level guy the entire season. That's basically what happens there. DeAndre Hunter, when he ramps up to full bore, would probably be right around top 100. This is if DeJounte Murray does get traded, by the way. Bogdan would get to do more. Trey would get to do more, if there's really even any more for him to do. Uh, Just, you know, thinning, basically. A thinning of the herd. And then what if... DeJounte Murray and Sadiq Bey get moved. Well, then DeAndre Hunter becomes a must-own player. And what if Clint Capella gets moved? Well, then Onyeka Okongwu becomes a monster. So there's all these different combinations and permutations of how this could actually go for the Hawks at the deadline. 
and I just don't know. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Best guess, just DeJounte Murray gets moved, but again... It's still a guess, even if it's a best one. I don't know. Feels like Clint Capella's been on the block for two and a half seasons, and he hasn't gone anywhere. Atlanta has uh, traded all of their guys at the wrong time. They got nothing for John Collins. They got nothing for Kevin Herter. You got to trade a guy when an offer's on the table. They're going to be like, ah, well, maybe we'll get more for DeJounte later, unless he's like asks out in the offseason, and then they have to take whatever they can get. They got to get something, I think, but you know what the hell do I know? Tyrese Halliburton uh, back for the Pacers, but on a minutes count, and he basically said he expects to be on a minutes count for a little while here. So the expectation, Pacers 27 and 21. They were my biggest season win total over bet of the year, and this whole tie on a, a minutes limit is freaking me out because it seems like they were... You know, a couple weeks ago, we're going to coast to a win on that bet. And now I'm like, what is this minutes limit? But let's give, uh, let, let's not get too panicked here because they lost to arguably the best team in the NBA and they kept it tight, even with Halliburton only playing half a ball game because starter version Buddy Heald was finally better after two bad ones. He's a hold. Uh, Aaron Neesmith loves playing the Celtics. He loves to go after his old team and he had a monster game. Pascal Siakam. He's settling in nicely. Nemard had a nice game, and and he might have sort of like schedule-level run here while Halliburton remains on his minutes cap. And then Miles Turner, uh, people are freaking out about Miles Turner, uh, but he really just had a bad shooting game. Otherwise, this wasn't nearly as awful as everybody wants to make it out to be. He's been annoying this year. There's no question about that. He's ranked, he's, a, he's an early fifth rounder. 
because his minutes are stuck at 27 and a half and his blocks are under two per ball game. Does that make him a little bit of a buy low? I guess that's possible. You know, with Carlisle, though, he's going to he's going to mess around with folks. Miles still makes them better. You know, they can everybody on this team in the starting lineup can space the floor, which is amazing. And Miles is a rim protector on top of that on the defensive side. So I don't I don't think his role is changing basically at all. And he probably floats back up into, I don't know, late 30s, early 40s, if I had to guess. So maybe a little bit of a buy low on Miles Turner. Not a massive one, but if somebody's freaking out and you could get him like at cost right now, which would be like someone else in the mid 50s, then you do it. I just I don't think that's gonna be enough. I don't think somebody's going to part with him for somebody in there that's not like a big name trending up. Celtics, no notes, just big numbers for all the starters. Cool, let's keep going. Toronto beat Chicago. This is a bad loss for the Bulls. They'll be fine because the the bottom five teams in the East are pretty not great. Although they've they've been winning. You know, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, man, I'm looking at the Western Conference teams like right on the bubble to get into the playoffs, and they've all been playing horribly. And I'm looking at the East, and the Sixers are in a tailspin, uh, and the Heat are in a tailspin, and the Magic have been bad. And then I'm like, well, who's winning right now? Here's a weird little footnote. The Hawks and the Nets have each won two games in a row. The Wizards have won two games in a row also. Some of the worst teams are like, Three and seven in their last ten. And you're like, that doesn't sound very good, Dan, but compared to what it was before, that's pretty good. Anyway, uh, Toronto is without Emmanuel Quickly, without Jakob Pertl, and without R.J. Barrett right now. And they lost Jonte Porter to back spasms early in this ballgame. And so you're looking at effectively like a zombie Raptors lineup, but it was fun. Bruce Brown put up giant numbers in his zombie role. Gary Trent put up big numbers in his zombie role. Dennis Schroeder, 16 and 10 in his zombie role. Thad Young, 16, 6 and 6. He was a steal away from a perfect Thad line in his zombie role. Weirdly enough, Scotty Barnes was the one Raptor who was bad in this ballgame. And they prevailed by 11. It was like Chicago just didn't take this game seriously. That's the amazing part. The dog days of an NBA season. This is basically what I made a ton of money wagering on back when I had time to actually handicap the betting card every day is motivational angles. And in the dog days, teams play down to their competition if the schedule lines up the right way. And that's what you saw here with Chicago. They just played down to the competition. In any event, you can't do a whole lot with the Raptors side because we have no idea when Quickly and Pirtle and Barrett are coming back. They could each be back for the team's next ballgame, which is Friday. They're off today and tomorrow. So they got this long layoff, then they're in Houston. You might see freaking 60% of the starting lineup come back. So how could I possibly come on a show and say, oh, you got to pick up all these guys when you might not even get a good game out of them? You can't. Trade deadline-wise, uh... If Bruce Brown gets moved, that helps Schroeder. It helps Gary Trent. I don't know if it's enough to get both of those guys near the top 100. I think you can make an argument to stash both of them. It's not a great argument, but you could make an argument. Schroeder was closer, 
So getting maybe one player out of the way, does that get him back to like top 110, 115 range? Trent, I think, probably needs two guys out of the way. And then that Young, he'll most likely evaporate when either Pirtle or Porter comes back. Ah, Pirtle Porter. Easy to say. Long way of saying, I can't really tell you guys to make a bunch of ads right now. Not in good faith when the team doesn't play for two days and a lot of guys are putting up numbers because the pathway, the runway is six times as wide. Chicago, I mentioned it two days ago, three days ago. Some number of days ago. While Patrick Williams is out for at least two weeks, Io DeSumo is a play. DeSumo looks good in the starting lineup. He's taking a bunch of shots. He's getting threes and defensive stats. Uh, DeSumo should be streamed everywhere. Injury fill-in name. DeMar DeRozan had seven defensive stats in this ballgame. I don't know where the hell that came from, but I ain't going to argue about it. He remains right at the edge of the uh, 30s and 40s. And he's played in 46 of the Bulls basketball games so far this year. How many games have they played all the 48? So durability and reliable, easy to predict numbers. DeMar is number 27 by totals. And he's doing fine again. And finally, in the late one, and this is the one we already talked about, some of the stuff from it. Joel Embiid left partway through. He was just not even close to himself. Look at that line. 14 points on 18 shots, 8 turnovers. He could barely move even before Kaminga rolled up his leg. We're all holding our breath, waiting on the MRI results. I pray, I pray they are not bad. We'll see. Paul Reed, pick up Kelly Oubre, hold, because we know he gets a bunch of usage when Embiid is out. Uh, Tobias Harris is going to be a behemoth while Embiid is out. Uh, Patrick Beverly is a stream while Tyrese Maxey is out. And despite the fact that Jaden Springer and Furkin Korkmaz had decent ball games, I am not adding those guys. Keep an eye on whether Marcus Morris gets healthy and sees reliable playing time because he could also potentially be a winner here. I don't think enough to get him on a 9-cat 12-team roto board. But, you know, there's the, the schedule angle does come into play. And uh, Sixers, all of a sudden now, they need to get a couple of wins. They've lost four games in a row, and they're behind the Cavaliers now. Technically a dead heat. Cavs have played uh, two fewer games, though, so they actually lead in uh, win percentage by the tiniest little bit. And uh, Sixers are staring down the barrel of not even having home court in the first round, but they got to get Embiid healthy. They can't take any more chances. Start the starters for the Warriors, sort of. Uh, Clay Thompson was out with an illness in this one. Brandon Pajemski started and had 11 points and six boards. He was fine. And I'd start him in head-to-head if Clay missed another ball game, but not Roto. I, I just I, I think kind of the, the rookie shine has come off. Teams have figured out what he's doing. He's a little more tired, you know, ankle weights kind of thing. Uh, when Clay comes back, you start the starters for this Warriors team right now. Clay's a start. Green's a start. Steph, obviously. I mean, it was clear as day that Steph needed Draymond. Steph needs Dray, and Dray needs Steph. And Curry is up to number 17 now after he had fallen outside the top 20. And on and on he goes. He's probably a game or two away from being 14th. Meanwhile, Tyrese Halliburton and his stupid minutes cap has dropped him all the way to number 14 in 9-cat. What a pain in the you-know-what. Maybe you don't know what. Insert 
body part that has pain. That would be all of them. Thank you very much. And we're going to get into that kind of bad luck there on the Halliburton thing. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, probably an even bigger story than Jonathan Kaminga right now, who's uh, Kaminga's getting all he can handle. And I admit, I was late to the party in picking him up on the Roto side. Whenever he started to bust out, I was like, yeah, you got to do it on head-to-head. I don't know if I'm there for it on Roto. Well, sorry, Roto listeners. That means you probably ran a tiny bit late as well. Um, but he's going crazy right now. He called his freaking coach out, and it worked. You never see that. Usually guys get thrown straight into the doghouse, and instead Steve Kerr was like, hmm, maybe he's right. What? Anyway, good for Kaminga. Um, and then Andrew Wiggins, who's had two to three decent ball games in a row here. Now, he's not going to shoot 80% every ball game, but it's just nice to see him looking more confident. This lineup for the Warriors provides uh, a measure of spacing and ball movement and speed that other lineups did not. They're not going to be able to guard many people, but they'll do their best on that front. And look, I, I mean... The thing we've been saying on this podcast throughout the whole damn season is every time Wiggins has a good ball game, he has to be picked up. Has to be. Because if it was the start of a Wiggins run that got him back into the 90 range, that would mean that he would actually have to be much better than that. Because he was like outside the top 250 for much of this season. Unplayable, unrosterable Andrew Wiggins. But... For many years, he'd floated between 65 and 120 with mostly just free throw shooting being kind of the downfall there. He got steals, he got some boards, he scored, he even started to add the three-pointer later in his career. The field goal percent wasn't good, but it wasn't like tank your team bad. The free throw was the thing that held him back. But he hasn't had any steals this year, and he got three in this ball game. He hasn't scored at all this year, and he's done that the last few games in a row. And that's why it was like, okay, if he shows any signs, you got to pounce on it because if it's the moment, you don't want to let somebody else have it. So that's why after the last good one, I said, all right, like, I got no expectations here, but on the very slight chance, this is him actually waking up. We don't want to be behind. Well, hopefully that meant you went out and you grabbed him and had him for this ball game or had him on your bench just to see what happened. It does look like he's playing better. His two games in a row, evidence that Wiggins is just, like, back to Wiggins now? No, absolutely not. Does it, however, increase the probability that he is back to being Wiggins? And the answer there is yes. If it was, like, 4% before, now it's, like, 8 or whatever. I mean, make whatever adjustment you want. His roster ship number is up like 25% in the last three days because of the big game against the Lakers and now the big game here against the Sixers. His game prior to that was actually not terrible either. That was against the Kings. He was fine. He wasn't spectacular, but he was fine. He's really been serviceable for about seven games in a row, minus one or two in there that were pretty quiet, but like not awful. And you're starting to see those signs of life. And so you just, you have to be on board if the signs of life stick. So hopefully you've already done it. If not, still only 60 some odd percent rostered. So there's still probably a little window to get in there. And you can be a part of that. 
We pivot now into a very large Wednesday coming up, and you know, you're just gonna have to keep your eyes on the news feed. So Ethos Fantasy BK, fantastic spot to get your news. Uh, make sure you're following the beat reporters. They have news that aggregators don't always pick up. Like there was a I forget which beat guy for the Knicks was like, hey, if you're worried about Hardenstein playing like 16 minutes, he had a minutes cap in that previous game of 25, and they just didn't need him. So that was it. They were like, well, we're up big. No reason to push him another nine minutes. And that's why he came back out yesterday and played 29. So you get these little things. This is my, like, why you got to follow the beat writers rant portion of the show. And I think almost everyone in fantasy sports would unilaterally agree following beat writers is so much better than following an aggregator, especially one that doesn't give you the source. They're like hiding how they were able to do it. Drives me nuts, man. Just put the source. I know Sports Ethos does. I know Roto World does. If you click into the blurb, you get the source. What beat reporter said it? So you know that you can trust the damn thing. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Anyway, I don't need to go down that path, I suppose. Um, let me quickly check the live chat room, and while I'm doing that, it's a great opportunity to remind you guys to uh, please follow over on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We uh, cleared 21,000 a few days ago, which is crazy because I feel like I was just a couple weeks back like, how the hell did I get to 20? Doesn't even make any damn sense. But here we are, and we're going to keep on freaking pushing because that is... It's it's a snowball, you know? You get more Twitter followers, you're able to send them to the podcast, you get more podcast listeners, you're able to send them to Twitter, you send them to Sports Ethos, folks are able to buy some things, that keeps the website growing and churning along, we're able to add these other sports. Um, it's a freaking wingding, man, and it's a big reason, thing that I miss in the offseason. I hate the offseason because you can't do those things. You're like, you got the diehards, and I love you guys, 
God love you. I will love you to the day I die. But, but, I miss having like the pod where, you know, you, you grow your listeners. I can't do a tweet storm in the off season. There's like two weeks in the whole off season where you see your Twitter account go up. It's uh, the NBA draft and free agency. That's it. And then you get back to draft season. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at the chat room now, and there's there's someone over on Twitter that's like desperate to get a question answered. So I'm going to do it. They're asking Lamelo Ball or Damian Lillard. The answer is Dame, and it's not even close. So, uh, there you go. Um, Delonte was asking, did I miss the news somewhere or, uh, how long is Embiid out? We don't know how long Embiid is out. We do know that he's getting an MRI, which means something got worse. Uh, the Kamingo roll-up, likely the reason for that, or just playing on a bad knee. Um, Gary asked, what do I do with Jordan Clarkson? Same thing as always, Gary. This has been the Dan Besper stance for two and a half seasons in a row. You roll with him when he's lava hot, and then you sell him while he's lava hot. And if nobody will buy him when he's lava hot, you just drop him when he's not. Because Jordan Clarkson hasn't for a while been a nine-category serviceable player because he doesn't hit that many threes, he gets no defensive stats, and he's a true punt field goal guy who turns the ball over way too much for someone who only gets 4.8 assists. Scores great. Free throws good. Actually great this year. He's been better at the foul line. But he's, you know, a two-to-three trick pony. That's not enough for nine cat. And so, uh, you know, he's a he's like Cam Thomas, man. That's the same thing. You stream them while they're hot. You see if you can get anything for them when they're hot. And then when they're not, you get the hell out of the way. Is Paul Reed an ad? Yes. <laughs> I, hopefully I made that pretty clear. Would you drop PJ Washington for Paul Reed? Um, No, because the Hornets are going to keep blowing this thing to pieces. And if PJ is one of the guys left behind, then you're going to want to have him because the upside is very good. And at some point, Embiid's going to come back. So, like, I love Paul Reed. I've, he's the opening story of today's show. He's very much an ad, but he's also a fill-in because I don't think Embiid is going to be ruled out for the season right now. Uh, let's see. Any other players? Tyler appreciated my my uh, Smeagol voice earlier in the show. Um, what do we see here? What else we got? What do we got? What do we got? Would you drop Josh Hart or Andrew Wiggins? Is that for Andrew Wiggins? Mm, I would rather have Josh Hart right now. I don't like again. I don't know how long Randall's out, but we're still looking at multiple weeks, and Wiggins could still turn back into a pumpkin tomorrow. Hart's gonna be very, very, very good while Randall is out. We know that. So I, you know me, I'm like whatever it is, bird in the hand kind of thing. So I'd probably drop Wiggins, sadly. If And that was the question because someone, you got to activate Maxi off your IL. Uh, unfortunately, I prefer holding Josh over Wiggins. Would you drop Santi Aldama for Paul Reed? Uh, it feels, it, um, this one's a little team dependent, Santi versus Reed. I think I probably stick with Aldama for right this moment because we don't know how long Embiid is going to be out. Um... And with Aldama, it does kind of feel like he's going to be a guy that Grizzlies just hand the ball to a bunch of times down the down the stretch. And what do we do with Luke Kennard? Um, I dropped him in a couple of spots because I don't really know how long he's going to be out. 
Shame of it is, if he comes roaring back, then he's uh, he's going to kill it because he was amazing in the couple of games before he got hurt. But I've said it like 15 times on the show, Luke Kennard's body is another one of those players that can't handle full NBA workload. Someone yelled at me about that. I forget who. One of the listeners was like, you say all these guys don't have the body for it. I think I've said it like five or six times in, in a decade. Um, and Kennard is one of those guys. Every time it's the same thing. Ben Simmons, body can't handle it anymore. Kennard, body can't handle it. Every time he plays full minutes for like a week, down he goes. Shout out to Josh Hart because he's mostly been able to avoid the like, I rebound so hard injuries so far this year, but I am very nervous about this coming stretch here if he's playing freaking 41 minutes of ballgame. Keegan Murray or Emmanuel quickly? The answer there for me is Keegan Murray. In Roto, you might want to go quickly head-to-head, but I, I think Keegan has the higher rank if that's uh, really what you're doing there. Oh, DeAnthony Melton question. That's a good one. When is Melton coming back, and are we expecting an uptick with Embiid out? Absolutely, I'm expecting an uptick. I have no idea when he's coming back, though. I'm expecting some kind of update on Melton uh, pretty soon because they're doing this, like, reevaluate every week thing, and he's been out since January 12th. Um, the last news on him was was that today no that was a week ago today where they said they'd reevaluate him in a week so i'm hoping that means that we get an update on him later today and maybe it'll be okay because if he does come back uh i mean he was number 68 with Embiid mostly healthy so far this year. So, hell yeah, uptick for Melton. He could be he could be top 50 here with guys coming back. But as far as when he's coming back, I don't know because back stuff, and that's what he's dealing with is, a, is some spine issues. I mean, he could be out for another month, or the fact that they're checking him out every week suggests they think he might just turn a corner and play. But I don't have, I don't have a great sense of, I mean, this is, you guys have seen that I've I've made some pretty good calls on when guys are coming back from injury with backs. I just don't know. Like, and it's the Mark Williams thing too. He's just been out the whole damn season and they've never really said what's going on. I'm hoping that Melton's back sooner than that. At least the Sixers are like, yeah, we're checking him out every week. How does he look? Well, maybe we find out later today and maybe we get a good report. But if he's out for another week, then it's like, all right, we're 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 not getting anywhere. Because back stuff is weird, man. I don't know if any of you guys watching or listening have had back spasms and I've had them a number of times in my life because I have scoliosis here on the left side. it's My spine is kind of bent and a little twisted. Uh, and when the muscles and the nerves, when, they, when the bone and the muscle and the nerves all kind of get in that same little chunk, it just locks up. Can't really do anything for hours. Days when I was younger. Now I'm a little stronger, and so it, it tends to relax quicker because the, the muscle is doing a better job of kind of like separating things that shouldn't be touching. But I had a back spasm my sophomore year of college where I basically couldn't walk for like four days. Well, you just, you don't know with these guys, unfortunately. And we're talking about DeAnthony Melton here. I hope he comes back soon because if he comes back while Embiid is out, yeah, he's going to be, it's going to be sweet, but they'll ease him back too. So get ready for kind of like 18, 22, 23, 24 minutes. The first handful of games where they make sure that Melton's back and handle it. Oh, more love for this Smeagol Gollum impersonation. Oh, no. So, eh, 
Let me tell you guys a quick story before we wrap up today's podcast, because we're at the end of the show. That's when I can do best for story time. When I tell stories at the beginning, people are like, get to the fantasy already. Pitchforks and what have you. I don't know how many of you guys know, and I've mentioned it on shows, but I don't know if many of you guys actually followed me back in the day, but like 2009 through 2011, I worked for the website pregame.com, which is a sports handicapping and pick sales betting website. This is before betting was so prevalent the way it is. Now there weren't domestic sports betting websites. It was Vegas and then it was offshores. So it wasn't as big. Um, but I had, by all accounts, the first sports betting handicapping podcast. There were plenty of sports betting shows out there where people who sounded like this came on and said, yeah, you got to take the, you got to take the points with the chiefs. That's the only way you got to go. You got to buy it. It's $14. And I came out and I was like, no, this is a new wave of show. And so it was breaking down the card. Every day on a sports betting podcast. It was called uh, Today in Sports Betting. And uh, it got pretty big, actually, before I moved back to uh, into baseball play-by-play. There were, there were many shows where we had multiple thousand downloads, which I was pretty excited about because the first show I did had, like, 22. Um, there were... I had many guests on that show. Uh, from the sports betting world, handicappers, uh, people who were, you know, like former money runners, uh, guys who ran sports betting websites and, and sports books and all that good stuff. And a lot of the time, I would kind of warm up the crowd before the show. We did all this on, I had a Skype uh, account that I was able to make local calls from so I could record it easily that way. I would kind of warm up my listeners by just doing impersonations and they couldn't see my face. So they were just they were just hearing me doing like I'm not good at it anymore, but I had a pretty good Dr. Phil going in 2010. I unfortunately still do a pretty good Herbert, if you guys know that character from Family Guy. He's the pedo. Um, you guys know him. He's Scott the Whistle. Uh, and so I would just do these impersonations for like 15 minutes before starting recording, trying to get all my guests laughing and being silly. And then we'd roll into the show and everybody was in a good mood. I don't think that it's a good idea for me to do a bunch of that stuff in a solo format live on a podcast. But the fact that you guys liked the Gollum Smeagol today, uh, basically what I'm saying is you're all a bunch of enablers. And you should be very, very, very ashamed of yourself. Because now, every time I talk about the Knicks, I'm going to make sure to mention... Malpracious. Have a great day, everybody. I think it's a one-show Wednesday today. Um, go make the moves that we talked about at the beginning of the program and throughout. And uh, we'll do the rest over on social, at Dan Vespers. I'll see you guys over there. And uh, you guys know the deal, man. Manscaped, Ethos20 is the promo code there. Go check out the live deadline show and like it. Like this show. Subscribe. All that good stuff. Drop a review if you're listening on a, a service that lets you do those reviews. And uh, come hang out in Discord. I'm throwing some of my tweet storms in Discord these days, so you're not going to want to miss out on that. Right now, they're on the free side. That might not be the case forever. I'll try to keep it going that way as long as humanly possible. Some on Twitter, some on Discord, some half and half. We got a lot of stuff going on. Later, everybody.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash Sirius XM. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta Sky Miles business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business.